Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Flagstaff County podcast. I'm Kerry Castagna, Communications Coordinator for Flagstaff County. You're listening to the official podcast of Flagstaff County. If you're not already, be sure to keep up with Flagstaff County on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as the Flagstaff County website at flagstaff.ab.ca. All right, today I am joined by Leslie Chalowski, editor of the Community Press. Welcome, Leslie. Thanks, Carrie. Nice to be here. Now, every year, the Community Press publishes a look back at the news and events that shaped the year. Based on that annual feature, called Year in Review, which is available in the first two editions of the Community Press in the new year, Community Press staff have selected the top five stories of 2021 for the Flagstaff County podcast. No easy task, Leslie. How did you do it? How did you select the top five stories of 2021? Well, Carrie, we tried to look back at things that were big enough to affect an entire region or that could continue to affect a region in the future. Well, without further ado, let's count down the top five stories of 2021, starting with number five. Well, number five is weather. In 2021, we saw some huge extremes. In February, if you'll recall, we had a cold snap where we saw wind chills between minus 40 and minus 55. I do remember that, (laughs) unfortunately. And then just a few months later in April, we had golfers already starting to enjoy Flagstaff golf courses. And then in late June to mid-July, we saw record high temperatures throughout the province, including the Flagstaff region, where we had 35, you know, mid to uh, late 30s. And that's, uh, that's pretty unusual for us. And then, of course, we weren't seeing a lot of rain in Flagstaff County. I think a lot of our producers were getting a little worried. And we saw some some relief in the form of precipitation come to us late July, unfortunately, come to some of our southernmost residents as hail which was never welcome. And then we saw the province announce some drought relief in August. And I think overall Flagstaff County, from what I understand, was not as hard hit as some of the areas around us. But a simple drive through the county, even now you'll see long time sloughs where there's not a drop of water left. And Mm -hmm. it's pretty scary. So we just hope that this isn't an indication of, of things to come, that it's just an off year. And we've already got a ton of snow, which is very nice to see. And I'll echo Harry Brooks, hope for moisture in the new year at the right time and the right amount. Yeah, let's hope uh, 2021 was just a blip on the radar screen. But it was a wacky year in terms of weather, that's for sure. Yes, definitely. So let's move on to number four. Well, number four is the Flagstaff Regional Emergency Services Society. Just to to give you a little background, in February of 2020, all the towns and villages in 
and the county got a draft master agreement, some bylaws, a draft fire services agreement, and then COVID hit. And for a process that had already been in the works for a good year, year and a half, a lot of the municipalities just kind of put it to the side because there was more pressing matters to deal with. But this May, all our communities signed a commitment to move forward, in effect, an agreement in principle to, to in good faith. And that allowed FRES to become an incorporated society in June. And then uh, they hired a manager and regional fire chief, Derek Holm, in July. And all the trucks were signed over and the fire halls were rented long-term and it goes live January 1st. And for me, I think it's another example of uh, a regional project in, within Flagstaff. And I, I really don't know if Flagstaff residents are aware of how really extraordinary Flagstaff region is with regards to the levels of cooperation and collaboration between our communities. I've covered news in other areas and we don't do a lot of infighting. We communicate and this is just another example of how that attitude of cooperation is going to be a benefit to everyone. Yeah, and that uh, regional collaboration is going to be vital to our long-term sustainability. So, yeah, it is great to see. It is. It is. And and this is another terrific example. You know, like Flagstaff Waste is one of the very earliest examples of just what communities can get done that helps all of them. So, pretty proud of just seeing the whole process. And I know that some people have waited a really long time for it to happen. Well, it's happening now, January 1st. Yeah, oh, pretty exciting. All right, so that brings us to number three on our list of the top five stories of 2021. <laughs> well, number three is our federal and municipal elections. They came at a strange time. The federal election was called by our prime minister on August 15th. And we had five weeks to hear from all our candidates and vote on September 20th. And the interesting thing I found about the Battle River Crowfoot riding is that we had seven candidates. And that was the highest number in the last 15 years or five elections. Of course, we all know the result by now. Damien Kirk was reelected. And at the end of it all, I think it left a lot of voters asking, why did we need this? Nothing changed. No, not much changed at all. Yeah. So while it's kind of a low impact, I think we all saw it kind of take over the news. It almost took over the fact that we were also having municipal elections. And I think it was a colossal output of money that maybe could have been spent elsewhere. The other part of that is our municipal elections. So there's a couple of things that I thought were of note. Um, this was the first time in Alberta that nomination packages were available from January all the way through to nomination day. Interesting to note that in Flagstaff County, 
six out of eight municipalities, all but Forsberg and Heisler, and two of the seven county divisions actually had enough nominees to hold an election. Yeah, that was great to see. Yeah. Uh, In our last election in 2017, four Flagstaff municipalities and two of the seven Flagstaff County divisions uh, had their councils elected by acclamation. Whereas in in 2021, uh, only two municipalities had councils elected by acclamation, and those were Forsberg and Heisler. And one other item of note is that this was a year where incumbents didn't automatically have that nod. It it was a year of change. And I think for for the nominees, there there was a lot of challenges due due to COVID. It was hard to hold public forums. And uh, hard to make sure that that voters uh, heard your campaign or heard who you are and why you're running. And it's also kind of interesting to me is, is while nominations were good, people were coming forward and wanting to participate in their local councils. From what I understand, voter turnout was pretty mediocre. And I, I'm still trying to figure out why that would be, whether that was also a byproduct of COVID where they didn't get to know the nominees, so they didn't know who to vote for, or if there was another reason. Harry Brook, again, December 8th, in his weekly column in the community press, he talked about engagement and how difficult it is. And, you know, that might be another byproduct of we need to be more engaged in all levels of our communities. But it is interesting. We saw more engagement on the candidate side, right? Like there, yeah. was, there was interest in running, but yes. that didn't. Uh, that didn't translate into votes. No. For most communities. Yeah. And we also voted on the referendum in our local elections. And I think a lot of people, there was a question on daylight savings time and a lot of people didn't expect it to be worded the way it was. I think they were thinking the issue would be do away with daylight savings time or keep it and not go on daylight savings time permanently. Mm -hmm. So, so that was a bit, I mean, overall Albertans decided that uh, they didn't want to stay on daylight savings time permanently. Uh, I believe I looked up and that wasn't the case in Flagstaff County. We were, a little bit more in favor of staying on daylight savings times permanently here. Oh, really? Yeah. And then uh, in this, we had Senate elections where three conservative uh, Senate candidates. But I think in terms of that, I personally felt it was a bit of a moot point when there was only one opening and the prime minister had already chosen to fill one one other opening prior to our elections. And then the last referendum item, of course, was equalization. And that'll be interesting to see where that goes from here when the province takes it to the federal government. All right. Well, we're at number two. Number two. Well, number two is um, the temporary closure of the Galahad Care Center 
and the continued temporary closure into its second year of the Hardesty Emergency Room. On May 25th of 2021, Alberta Health Services announced that all 18 residents of the Galahad Care Center would be moved to neighboring or nearby facilities due to a critical staff shortage. Now, many of those or some of those were able to move to Hardesty and they, the staff that were remaining, a lot of them got to go, but Hardesty is having its own issues where the emergency room has been closed temporarily since April 2020. So this December, though, a public meeting was held with the community and Alberta Health Services and Alberta Health Services reconfirmed their intention to reopen both, which I think was very reassuring to, to Flagstaff residents as a whole. And they talked about ongoing staff shortages in rural Alberta. And I think when I listened to that meeting at the end, they indicated that a lot of the questions that they had taken from the public and from elected officials was, what can we do to help? And uh, I think the resolution was it, it did leave some options with the region that uh, we can work with the uh, Rural Health Professionals Action Plan, or RHPAP, and they have some, some good plans and things that we can try and maybe it's time to rethink the Physician Recruitment and Retention Committee and perhaps not just physician, but health professionals recruitment and retention. So it was nice that there was some direction given to the community of things that we can do to try. Yeah. And to hear that there was some collaboration with Flagstaff County, for instance, and uh, the Hardesty community in making the communities more attractive, like giving some information about what it's like to live in Hardesty. And I think that it took a bad situation and it kind of gave some hope in terms of maybe there is something that we can do because we're kind of a get or done community. You know, if we pull together, we can usually mm -hmm. come up with solutions. So it was finally for me, and, and I think for, for other community members, just a way forward and in hopes that we can get these services back. And you might ask Carrie why these were made it into our top two when they only affected two communities. But I think it's far reaching than that. Uh, I think Killam right now is, is also looking for staff in the Covenant Health facility that we have, the long-term care. And I think that it is something that we need to resolve in terms of making Flagstaff County a place to live and getting that message out to a wider audience. Yeah, no, I, I was definitely think. Oh, sorry. I was definitely thinking um, that this is a regional issue and yeah, you know, it's going to take a regional solution or solutions to, mm -hmm. to overcome for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it was nice to hear that reconfirmation and more than once during the meeting that this really isn't a plan to close them permanently, that they really are looking for a solution and that we're not the only community struggling with this. And I think that's for me, what made that 
recruitment and retention committee perhaps maybe a little more viable for us if we can work directly with Alberta Health Services or their HR or their hiring and really get our message out there that it's a great place to live, work and play. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a good point. It is a a rural Alberta issue. Mm -hmm. For sure. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And the top news story of 2021, there was no getting away from it. No, it's COVID. (laughs) And I know everyone's tired of hearing about it. And I know that it hasn't perhaps had a huge impact in Flagstaff County in terms of actual cases, but you can't deny that it's been very divisive and more importantly, very disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I looked back at 2021 at the various COVID stories and what struck me was in February, restrictions were eased. Do you remember last Christmas, we weren't allowed to have our families. It was our immediately family only. You couldn't, you couldn't have your kids over. You couldn't go to your kids. Now, so in February, we were glad to see those restrictions ease. Mm-hmm. By April, we had new restrictions. By late April, some of those restrictions eased. By May, we had some new restrictions. In June, we saw some of them ease as stage two reopening. Then the vaccination lottery came out, which unfortunately no one from Flagstaff County won. By July 1st, we were open for summer, all restrictions lifted. By August 25th, we were potentially supposed to see the final restrictions lifted and all of a sudden that was put on hold. Uh, New restrictions were announced September 3rd. Stricter restrictions came in mid-September. And it it just, it was a, for everybody, it was a roller coaster of can we, can't we, can we, can't we. And I think a lot of people, honestly, be like the man on the street. I think if we went out and said, what are the rules? We'd be like, well, we're counting on you to know that. We're counting on our businesses to know that, our facilities to know that. And it's it's very difficult to navigate when the message changes every three to five weeks. And I think there's been some direct impacts. Uh, we've seen students go in and out of school, sometimes midterm. And Battle River School Division released their education results recently, and they, you know, they saw some drops in reading levels and math skills, and that's a direct effect from COVID, likely. Uh, in sports, we lost hockey, and mm-hmm. that's the lifeblood of Flagstaff communities, of rural communities, of rural Canadian communities. Oh, sure. So, when kids don't have that social impact that it had on on players and families i think it was a huge huge loss for our communities and it was great to see that hockey you know is still being played now businesses in our region some businesses were hit harder than others some were forced to change how they do business some were forced to diversify in what business they do just to stick around And our organizations, you know, uh, some of them that own facilities or buildings, they had fixed costs 
but no income. And others are reporting that the long break between activities, they've actually seen some of their volunteers retire permanently. So I think that's, that's a big impact on a, on a region like ours, where we, you know, what, what we can't provide to municipal and, and provincial and federal government funding, the community picks up and we do some amazing things with our volunteers and our organizations. And it's, it's going to be interesting, I think, to going forward to see if, what the long-term impact of that is to the volunteer and the community projects that we do. So there's no getting around it. COVID had a big effect on all of us and unfortunately continues to have that effect. So those were the top five news stories of 2021 as chosen by the community press. Now, Leslie, I understand you have some honorable mentions. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I thought that I could do five top 10 stories and then five honorable mentions. But you know what I, I found, Carrie, is that I ended up with 21 honorable mentions. So I think in, you're going to have to read the year in review to, to find out the other impactful stories. But it was a year where we saw a lot of money coming in for some big projects in in Flagstaff region and it was pretty awesome but you know there is one other item that you can't talk about uh, a recap of 2021 local news without talking about the incredible generosity of the Flagstaff region at the community press we broke a 20 year record for our fill the tree promotion. It's an annual fundraiser that we do for Flagstaff Christmas sharing. And last year, we raised $6,045. And we were over the moon. We thought there's no way it's COVID. It's a tough time. Well, this year, we raised $7,200. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking about a fund that that five years ago, averaged between $1,800 and $2,100 a year. So it's just outstanding. And then you look at the charity check stop that was held in early December, a fundraiser for Flagstaff Victim Services, Sparkle in the Park, the Cedric Lake Park drive through the Flagstaff Food Bank food drive and other organizations' food drives for the Flagstaff Food Bank. And it's just phenomenal. And it continues to be, I can't think of a, a week where something wasn't in the paper about some generosity, some giving. So that's that's something Flagstaff Region should be very proud of. And it makes me pretty happy to live in a place like this. Yeah, that's interesting because it has been a tough, you know, past two years on everybody. Yeah. To see that... Uh... I mean, what do you think is behind that? Or is it uh, just the generosity of the region and, you know, us pulling together in these tough times? I do think, I do think Flagstaff County is very close knit. And I think that part of that is really the, going back to the regional collaboration and regional cooperation, we are not just one town struggling. We're 10 communities working together. 
And I think that makes all the difference in the world in terms of, of, you know, pooling our resources and just every dollar given goes that much further to help not just our friends and neighbors, but ourselves too. So I think that's part of it. Well, great information, Leslie. Thanks for bringing some context to the top five news stories of 2021. Now, I'm just going to ask you to, uh, you know, look into your crystal ball for a second and, and kind of, you know, you know, looking ahead to 2022, what issues can we expect to continue to be newsworthy? Uh, unfortunately, I do think COVID is going to be with us for a little while longer, although fingers crossed that we will return to normal sometime in 2022. I think we need to keep our eye on FRESS and keep looking at how it progresses because it really is in very early stages. And I think there's a lot of desire in the community to see it succeed. So we'll see how, how it works. And I think with that much change on council, it will be really interesting to see some new initiatives come out in different towns and different projects being done. So I think that there's a lot to look forward to for 2022. Hopefully it's all good news, but we'll see. I hope you're right. Now, Leslie, is there anything else you wanted to add? I just wanted to add that, you know, we at the Community Press, uh, we're, we feel very fortunate that the residents of Flagstaff County continue to support us and hopefully that we continue to remain relevant within the region. And we're going to keep trying to do that going forward. In 2022, we will swap over to our 115th year. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty special. 115 years. You don't see that too often anymore. No, no pressure to keep going, you know. No, <laughs> it's not no. A, but uh, no, it's something to be very proud of. And uh, it's, a, it's a joy to work here and do the work because I get to meet the most amazing people. Yeah, it's a cool job, eh? It is. Well, thank you very much, Leslie. I really appreciate this. Uh, it's a Great way to look back at the uh, events and news that shaped 2021. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Carrie. It's been fun. All right. Well, all the best in 2022. Thank you. Same to you.